Hello and welcome to the Unraveling Cities podcast. And it's me again, Natalia, here with a very interesting guest. Uh, today we will speak from architect to architect. So, of course, we have taken very different paths in life, but anyhow, both having the same mentality as well. And uh, she is, my guest today, an experienced architect and leader. You have been in different boards. Uh, you have experience from public and private side as well. And, well, a lot of knowledge from the construction industry, cities, housing. With no further ado, here is Henna Hellander. So welcome. Yes. So nice to be here. <laughs> and I'm very happy you're here. Uh, you were probably uh, in the first uh, times when we started Chaos as well. Back then. Yes, it, it's a long time ago and it's so nice to see that you are already 12 here. <laughs> yes, uh, in a new office, yes, uh, or new. But welcome, Hannah. And well, you can tell a bit more about your background to our listeners, like you can introduce yourself. Thank you. Yes, I have like um, experience of private sector about 10, 15 years. I, I was working as an architect, real architect, um, <laughs> like designing houses and um, public buildings. And um, I had also my own company and we were like in, we invented this uh, concept of uh, new laws. Uh, oh. or the architectural competition 1997 already. So you can see <laughs> it has been a long ago. But then I, I was working in the public sector at about 10 years uh, for city of Helsinki as a builder uh, for housing. Um, Hmm, whatever is that in English? I don't uh, know. Project manager, main designer, lead designer. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, I was uh, our architect uh, and responsible for all building permissions in Helsinki. Mm -hmm. And after that, I did some other things. Yeah. Yeah. And lately, I was um, CEO for Bangas Sanatorium. Mm -hmm. So it was a big jump again to the totally different area, uh, which didn't, it did and didn't have anything to do with architecture. Yeah. But but I've seen that you've worked in a lot of um, projects that need like, was it like preservation, restoration or? Yeah, exactly. I love buildings which have both potential and problems. <laughs> I think that you are a star now in, in the market that we are, where we need to pick up buildings and renovate them. Mm -hmm. you know? I think the, your profile fits very well in, in this moment. Yeah, me too, because I also know some, I have like, let's say, basic knowledge of sort of everything uh, with touch uh, construction and building industry and also um, um, city planning I have done that as well mm -hmm. and um, or not only in Helsinki but also in Turku 
and in the smaller places. And then, of course, I, I totally forgot. I was also um, the president of um, Architect Association. Yeah. Venus. Here in Finland. Uh, yeah, in Finland, yes. So Association so, of Architects yeah. here, SAFA. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, SAFA yes. for five years. Wow, but that's really, really interesting. Mm. How many architects did we did we have here in Finland? We have um, approximately three thousand five hundred. Wow. Yes, and about eighty percent of all architects belong to SAFA. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, that's a very big number. It's it's extremely big number. Yeah. Yes. So we could say that in Finland, it's uh, we find a lot of tech, but a lot of design as mm. well. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's really good combination. I like them both. <laughs> yes, I agree. As you, as you yeah. do. Yeah. You are, you are more professional also on the other side. I, I, I'm only on the building. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to have a mixture of those. Yes, but but once in a while, I still like you know, I'm thinking that I missed a design, oh. this you know part as well. Yeah, the, the creative side. Yes, so yes. Looking at this uh, at your background, I wanted to ask because it, it's quite a nice, um, rich experience you have. And you have been, you said, 10 years in private and 10 years in public. I, I won't ask you which one is better, <laughs> but what did you enjoy about both sides? I mean, what are the highlights of each one? Yes, I like the rhythm of private sector. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fast person, so I like that things happen fast. Yeah. And it happens in private sector, and I, I also entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm entrepreneur yeah. as my soul is. Yeah. 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 But um, I also like public sector a lot. Um, when it comes to the city, we need such a long time span, and also public sector can provide it. Yeah. And I also like uh, the history of cities and so that the people can attend discussion and so on. And it takes time. And uh, it's city is not like one person's idea. And it shouldn't be. So public sector is so important when it comes to the city planning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like them both. Yeah, I think you're touching to very interesting points because uh, I agree with you. I think that that speed from the private side is, is super nice to have, especially when you're innovating. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yeah. You, you want to see like, maybe not positive results but you want to see where is this leading you know very quickly yeah yeah Uh, and as we say in the startup like fail fast so quickly yeah iterate and uh on the other side i think i understand you perfectly and i think that's the passion that is driving chaos as well people but then i would say that you're an innovator or really these kind of persons that we need in society 
you know, that are questioning the status quo. So you want to do things fast. You want to test. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, you're doing it for a purpose, for the people behind. Yeah. yeah. Testing and pilot things are, I think, very important. The things we really want to have, for example, in the city, and not just go by the book and by the law. You can also uh, change uh, processes, and you have to change them by time to time. Um, but then you need to know what you are really, what, what is the point you are aiming at? Yes, I agree with you. I, I think that we should follow laws. I mean, they bring certain order yes. to the chaos that cities are. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, pun intended. <laughs> but um, I agree that there's laws that don't apply to our current days. And we always have to be open to go back to them and say, does this still apply? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And we we are seeing that in a lot of social things, mm -hmm. like uh, equal rights and Me Too movements and, mm -hmm. you know, accepting immigration as well, mm -hmm. uh, or animal rights. We should do the same for cities. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, those old processes and laws, they also keep uh, old structures up. In, in our last podcast, we have Tero uh, Lehtonen from JLL, and I was asking about these market trends, you know, yes. from the economical side and, and yes. macroeconomics. And he was mentioning that, you know, it is time to focus more in the property and do those things, you know, that are going to keep our residents there or happy or tenants in general. Exactly. And, yeah. and then we had also Kim uh, Ronka also here as a guest, and he's speaking about community. Exactly. The, yeah. We are bringing small cities, you know, like uh, this community feeling uh, to the big cities, so being mm -hmm. local. Yes. And you're saying something similar. So I think that different point of views are aligning that our cities are not working as they have been built. Yes. Yes. And also this one-sided uh, development which has been going on for, let's say, 10 years. Um, now the risks of it are realizing. So, mm -hmm. what well, what are those risks that you think? Now we have very similar kind of uh, flats mm -hmm. sold, and uh, the whole market has sort of like collapsed because they have been just one product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. You have a very very good point when we are offering. Well, you mentioned now one single room apartments, which mm -hmm. are usually for students and the one that bring like yeah. higher return of investment. I have understood that those are also the ones with higher operating costs when yeah. you have to renovate and so on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you have apartments like family apartments or detached mm -hmm. houses. But you're right. Like we're speaking about a similar product that mm -hmm. we are selling to everyone in the world. <laughs> like we haven't really been renovating. Exactly. the built environment and i think you're right uh, and we see the risks and the consequences like of having that for example a, a lot of isolation when yeah. the population is getting older 
Yeah. Uh, and also, I would say from the other side, from young families that are having babies when they are uh, outside of their circle, because now people are moving more around the world. Uh, I don't think they have the support system of living kids with the parents or with someone. Yeah. You, the state has to always have or provide, for example, daycares. Mm. But if we would have more, like you're saying, more products mm. for the people, we could have these type of communities where you can leave your kid with a community. You know, if you have to run an errand or something, yeah. and the state doesn't have to be all the time on. Yeah. You know, yes. to meet your needs. Yes. That's very interesting point because it has also struck strike me always when I'm abroad that in Finland, um, if there are some problems, mm -hmm. you are always waiting for state or city or public sector to help you. Mm -hmm. But when you are, for example, in, in uh, let's say, in England or uh, in South part of um, Europe, nobody expected. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are asking more what we can do. Yes. How, how can we make our environment in such such a way that it's really like... Uh, I think that we are touching a very interesting point here. Um, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> this is my passion. Um, again, I'm not going to say which one is better. But there, there's good things in both. I mean, yeah, they love, they love. yeah having a safety net from the welfare state, yes. you know, yes. that is, you know, supporting you, of I'm course. For it because it also uh, brings certain kind of security and peace. Yes. That, that it's okay we are here, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, when that doesn't go perfectly or how can we optimize the resources, you know, in, in taxes and, and all of these by being more creative and community-oriented ourselves? Exactly. And also to be more active in that way. Yeah. And uh, this is so strong ethos in, in Finland that you have to always survive by yourself. Yeah. But we should also get this other other aspect that we we have to survive with this community and uh, we have to help each other not just like survive with themselves and then the state comes mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think this is one of the key points that defines finnish culture yeah it's like as long as you take care of yourself then we progress as a society. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that has worked quite well. I mean, yeah. Finland has been able to become a, a very, very fast-growing economy and, and country. Exactly. We were very poor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Coming from very difficult times until now, like a very prosperous as well. Mm -hmm. Very safe cities, very digital, mm -hmm. you know, economy thriving. But then it seems that there's a glitch in there. Yes. Yeah. So it's where when we are getting the older population and when we have been detached so much about yeah. society, thinking that we can do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So so these, uh, I think that that's the way that maybe Finnish cities have been built. 
Like, maybe with that mentality. That's true. Beat environment, it really affects us, how we meet each other, how we move there, um, what kind of um, choices uh, we do, and what, what is our, like, um, lifestyle. Yeah. And now we should form, like, transform our cities to support this new kind of lifestyle that we take care of each other's more mm -hmm. and also this nature kind of thing um and what else yeah and maybe you're pointing a good example that we can already see in finland as a positive thing yeah. finland has a lot of forest mm -hmm. and I, i think the Finnish bill environment tries to keep that, you know, forest and nature clo close. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think when anyone from outside comes and sees that or starts living in Finland, yeah. they that's one of the things that they appreciate, the nature. Yes. That, that, you know, you didn't have anywhere else. Or, of course, you do. You have in different forms. But when you start seeing the forest, how it feels in summer and the smells yeah. or in winter or... Yes. Or you you realize that snow is not white, but it's actually crystal. <laughs> you know, like the, the, these kind Beautiful of said. yeah, uh, and it's just like the light coming through crystals. Yeah, and you can only see wonderful. The... Oh, you love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that exactly. And why we expect snow so much during winter? And I think that's a positive effect. Yeah, when you are diverse and and you know, the importance that nature has over Finnish lives, it's very strong. So that's a very clear example of how the shape that our cities take will mm -hmm. form our mentality, yeah, but also our habits, yeah, you know, and our mental health. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. And <clears throat> you were mentioning now um, about these little towns. Mm. And, and you had an article also in the newspaper speaking about that. Yeah about how we should recapture that. Uh, and I think there you were mentioning something about the Danish city. I don't dare to pronounce this, but was it Vel? Vel. Vel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know either if it's uh, correctly. And you said that they were having architecture as a driver. Mm -hmm. So can you explain a little bit more about those? Like, how can we recapture the vitality of these towns? And Yeah, I think... Um, The small cities, they almost always have this will to be a bigger cities. Yeah. And I think it's it's not very wise to mm -hmm. think in that way, but they should analyze what is like interesting in their places and then then like uh make stronger those um features which which are like the best in that place. And also, um, for example, this Vale, they, they built some architectural attractions there. And for example, my, my sons were there last summer and uh, took some photos and uh, they, they thought that it was really surprising place to visit. 
and they are like uh, 11 and 21 years old. So they are not like uh, people to um, go after architecture. Yeah. They chosen to go mm-hmm. to that place uh, before they had talked mm-hmm. with me. Um, and also um, those people who, who are living in, in uh, little cities, they they have quite often very different ideas also uh, what attracts people to come to those cities. They think that uh, building like new buildings is the thing. And quite often it's just opposite. Mm-hmm. They might have like old uh, wooden buildings there or functionalistic buildings there, mm-hmm. which are much more interesting for those people who might come mm-hmm. than uh, just to have, again, a very similar kind of block of flats mm-hmm. in the city center, then they can have a bigger city. Yeah. So uh, if they build, New things they should build something which take benefits of that place that they have space there green areas and so on and if they um, but they can also take benefits of those old buildings there and transform them with sometimes um, in very wide way yeah. so yeah. I agree. I think that sometimes in these little towns we are trying to, or maybe there is no one to defend, you know, anymore. And you get Mm -hmm. tired, of course, being few citizens there and and not having all the infrastructure needed Mm -hmm. uh, to support. I guess one becomes, you know, one joins the other party. Okay, I will move to the bigger city then, to the closest one. Mm -hmm. So you're forced to move or change. But I agree with you, there's a lot of uh, architecture that is worth re- restoring or preserving, especially because it gives identity. And Exactly. Yeah. It, it makes difference from the other cities. You need some differences in yes. places. Uh, and it, was, it shows you the history of different, even in Finland, mm-hmm. you, when you go to the north, you're going to have a lot of differences that you don't have here in the south. Exactly. Uh, and those are beautiful differences as mm. well. I mean, we are all are very charmed when we mm. go to, you know, these small villages. And, and I think some of them have become even gentrified because mm. of that. But um, I think it's important as well to preserve them. How can we help cities also to build the necessary infrastructure? You know, um, Le Corbusier, so mm. <clears throat> you know him well. He, he was very functional, functionalist, and, and he was saying that sometimes we just preserve buildings out of sentiment you know this is a very high taxing you know thing for for the municipality Mm. but i think that if we invest correctly from the municipality Mm. we we can still keep that charm i i know at least that in tampere we have also discussed this in the council several times where we try to preserve this um old uh building that was, um, now I forgot the name, carried away when there was like a big avenue coming as mm-hmm. well. And, and it was the customs. 
I don't remember mm, now. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And the whole project was costing millions just to lift the whole structure yeah. and move it a few meters, yeah. you know. So there was a very big debate. Where should we invest this yeah. money? Yeah. And of course, you know, these are things that we should speak about, but we should have more of these. Yes. Yes. And and recently we I was speaking with one um a friend uh she's telling me about a little bit about a little town in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh and well, she described it as a small town. Mm-hmm. And she said that now they recently closed a last grocery store there. And now the elderly cannot go there anymore, but they have to drive kilometers away to yes. find the nearest yes. grocery store. So she was asking me, like, is it possible that because we are still people there leaving, but if we don't have any services, we will end up moving? Of course. Yes. So is it possible that somehow we could have this, you know, how would I say, like a section in a digital way where we say, hey, we need someone that makes bread. Come and open mm. your shop here because you have customers. Yes. You yes. Know? So, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that would want that as a hobby, you know, or bed and breakfast or whatever it is. Yeah, that's true. Or cutting hair or, yeah. I don't know, you know, to bring back, you know, to provide affordable housing, mm. bring back services and you, you establish yourself. But as a, as a normal person you don't find those places that's true that's true yeah 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 i i i do believe that yes yes that um, we should have this matchmaking thing for those who want to provide some services and uh, maybe like part-time services yeah and uh, yeah it's it's interesting because um at least in Finland, we we are thinking these services like uh, in the different way than we are t- thinking about uh, spaces. Mm-hmm. We should think them together. Yeah, there are no no like services uh, almost uh, without spaces. Uh, it's it was I think very bad thing that uh, some people started to say that okay we save um, the walls. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there could be services for elderly people without walls. Mm-hmm. We we are in Finland. We have winter here. <laughs> of course, we need walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, when they are doing, for example, this um, service network um, studies uh, in the city, where you have uh, kids. Um, nursery and so on they are not really thinking about the spaces at all yeah and then suddenly uh for example uh it comes to people that okay we we are closing this and this and this kindergarten and your kids are going there and there and there to this bigger units yeah like surprise that those people who have been thinking just services, they don't understand that, okay, this means that these buildings uh, are suddenly empty here and we don't really have anything there. <laughs> and uh, it's also um, city city owns them and so on. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're touching another point. It's like there's a layer of the city that exists in the built environment where people live or some more stable services. But then there's this layer, the empty layer. What what happens at certain times of the day when buildings are empty? And then what kind of services do we need in that moment? Exactly. And when we are talking about this um, this climate crisis and so on, I think the biggest thing the cities could do is to have all the spaces we have in the city uh, fulfill with services or fulfill with people so that we don't have empty spaces. Mm -hmm. And as long as we have empty spaces, I think all kind of uh, talking about the rest of things is like really for nonsense. It's uh, the scale is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're touching a very interesting point for real estate as well, because as and you put it very nicely, as long as we have empty spaces in the city, we are not tackling climate change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love this. I think that I will use it as a phrase there. <laughs> We have been speaking about back and forth what cities should have and the risks and, and the build environment, but what would you define then as a sustainable urban development? What are the things, if you would start from new scratch, mm -hmm. what are the things that we now have to embrace? First, I think uh, material is like um, one thing to be in focus. If, if we are building new ones, uh, we are using so much like virgin uh, materials that mm -hmm. uh, I think we should be very careful with that thing. But it's obvious. Everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> then we come, uh, what we are doing with the city, like uh, the existing city. And I think... There are like many reasons we should keep or basically say all the buildings we do have. Of course, there are exceptions. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we shouldn't ever pull down any, uh, demolish any, any buildings, mm -hmm. but um, basically we should be very careful. But we should at least use the structures, like uh, concrete structures of the building to make the new city or transform it to the city, which is, let's say, more diverse and more this day. Before we were like, um, oh, we are still like making this functionalistic kind of city where city has different functional functions and they are like separated. Mm -hmm. And I think we are now like in post functional city because mm -hmm. of the digital mm -hmm. means so that um, now, for example, uh, suburban areas, there were like sleeping suburban areas where you went after work and uh, uh, you always had your working space somewhere else. But now when you can have basically everything in your own living room, you can have the grocery shop, you can have the, um, your 
spot moment. You can work there, meet your friends through, and this everything happens through digital. Mm-hmm. So you were saying about functionalism. You, we were speaking about sustainable urban development, and you said redevelop. So new materials we should use carefully and very carefully in demolishing buildings. Use concrete structure of the buildings, you yes. said. And then more diversity. And then you said we were going from a functional city to a post-functional. Yes. And this, I think now it's time for post-functional city so that um, we don't divide anymore like uh, living and working and other spaces um, from each others, but we can have them all together. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because of this digitalization we have. We already, we are living in that time that uh, not anymore, even people who are living in the suburbans uh, need to go anywhere because they they can get everything to their own home, basically. Yeah. And um, so I think we should change the whole thinking, um, this city planning thinking, and also this um, contrast between nature and city that uh, we are now like covering all the pavements uh, with asphalt. And I think we should get rid of it and give people such a possibility to anarchy so mm-hmm. that they can uh, dig away asphalt and put the uh, rose gardens there and uh, yeah. so on. So I think our cities should be much more green also because of this water, this extreme climate. Circumstances. Yeah, or, circumstances yeah. and so on. So, yeah. And it's also a benefit for people and yeah. their happiness. And uh, I agree. And I think you're defining like how we should look at the future city in a way. You know, when we think of sci-fi and then we think of future cities and flying cars and, yeah. and stuff like that. I think it should start a bit more with, as you said in the beginning, changing the law. Yeah. And changing the law gives you space for, you know, even if we would say, let's take this example, like fashion, mm-hmm. which is quite fast and, and there's no laws being passed in EU level where you have to repair. Yeah. You cannot just buy another product, but there you have to have the ability to repair socks oh. or pants or whatever, you know. There, there's more laws coming into like this that you you know forcing in a way or getting a discount if you go to repair you get a discount in x place or whatever so i think that we should do something similar to the built environment the real estate so if you refurbish a building you get much more incentives financial incentives you know than than if you build new Exactly. And also we have to change our aesthetics, like what we think it's like um, the best thing. Before we were thinking that the pride and uh, new is the best thing. Yeah. Now I think new generations are already thinking that vintage clothes are yes. much more interesting and they have like 
soul. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we should also have that same spirit when we are looking at cities and buildings that uh, we go to Tallinn to enjoy Deliskivi Patina where the paints are dropping down. Yeah. Why can't we have that also in Finland? We should have like this Patinansia that is um, like joyful for for old uh, worn down yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciation for what there has been. In all yes, levels. Yes. Also. Yeah. And and also that um what I I'd love to have here from the southern part of Europe is uh how things are finished. Yeah. There the buildings they really have nice joints and although they are done from uh very simple materials, they they are so nicely put together yes and i'd love to have that when you do something new you do it it very nice way and very precisely but when you have an old thing then it can be really looking old yes yeah but the contrast contrast yes Yes. enjoying contrast yeah Uh, and i think that goes for everything in life you know even even when we are trying to find new perspectives mm-hmm. it's not that your old perspective is wrong or right but it, it creates much richer when you have a new one as exactly. well exactly exactly yeah. yeah this is so exciting yeah yeah <laughs> so you just need to clean the old away and then start the new one but yes yes Yeah, I I love that personally. Like I love old houses and repairing them with new. Uh, and, and this Japanese, um, how would you call it? like kintsugi? Yeah, when, yeah, when you repair, gold. Yes, with gold. Yes, exactly. It's a preservation. It's something suffer and broken things are not bad. You know, they, they are more interesting. Yes. Yeah. We all are broken yeah. as well. So yeah, I I completely yeah. agree with you. I I will go very quickly through some very interesting points that you mentioned. Uh, just a recap. So you mentioned that we have many things to change nowadays mm-hmm. in our built environment, and that take a look at the laws that we have today and try to be and more processes. F- yes, and processes, so we could be flexible with regulation in in some levels, you know, mm-hmm. in different things as well, and then. You mentioned also that there are certain risks and consequences that are the legacy of our built environment has left for us. Mm-hmm. So, for example, something that I really like how you expressed it, it was that there has been so far one single offering, one single product, and this also hasn't helped when the markets are collapsing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was uh, very interesting also. We should take a look at different uh you know things uh, then you mentioned like if you would define sustainable urban development you said that uh we should redevelop we should use new materials less uh we should be very careful in in demolishing buildings and use uh the concrete structures that we have of the buildings to build more diversity also that this functional city we used to be living that But now we are post-functional as well, and that we have to have this uh, fusion of activities or diversity 
flexible urban planning, you know, a little bit of anarchy as well, <laughs> you mentioned. Yeah. Yes, uh, and more green for sure. And then I end up with this that I really liked, that you mentioned that as long as we have empty spaces in the city, we are not tackling climate change. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm very happy that you have been with us here. And then uh, I will ask you some uh, very quick uh, rapid fire questions for you. So you need to answer it just like whatever <laughs> comes to your mind, you know, um, and, and don't think about the answer. So I will ask this. Are you ready? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe you're always ready. <laughs> yeah. All right. So where's your dream place to live? Some kind of factorist place somewhere. <gasps> okay. Uh, maybe not even in the city center, but uh, a little bit far away. Far away. Factory, yeah. lofty yeah. style. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then public transportation or own car? Walk. Walking. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're the first one that answers that. <laughs> uh, would you rather live in the future or in the past? I think now when we are having this crisis, I think now this is like the moment to be. This. So this. none of these. <laughs> All right. Uh, summer or winter? Spring. <laughs> <laughs> you're a rebel in here. Come on. <laughs> uh, what motivates you the most? To have better future. All right, a better future. Uh, morning or evening? Morning. <laughs> Me too. What advice would you give to your younger self? Keep your eyes open and uh, be brave. Mm -hmm. Nice advice, and for every everyone listening as well. And then finally, pasta or pizza? Pasta. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you could have said a sushi. <laughs> yeah. At least one, one correct answer. Yeah. There's no correct answer. Yeah, but, yeah, but the answer to the question. Like, yeah. <laughs> but Hina, it has been really a pleasure to see you again and having this discussion, really. Like, thank I you for coming. so much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. New yeah, ideas, also yes. for me. Oh, that's oh, wonderful. Nice, nice that you are left with something as well. All right. So thank you for all our listeners. Uh, this was our session, and I hope you tune in also to the last ones, to the past ones, and to the future ones as well. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>